Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Linda Bins. Linda is a breakthrough energy coach who helps sensitive professional women learn how to embrace their uniqueness and thrive in a non-inclusive world. As an introverted, empathic, and highly sensitive person, Linda knows what it's like to be penalized for being different and to not be valued and accepted for who you are. If you've ever been told you're too sensitive, what's the big deal? Why can't you just get over it? You're going to get so much out of this conversation. Today I'm speaking with Linda Bins, who's going to be shedding some light on a trait you had, maybe you had, and you never knew. We're talking about being highly sensitive. And after this episode, you may just realize you weren't crazy after all. Here's Linda. Okay, everybody, you're going to love this episode because I'm talking with Linda Bins and we are talking about betrayal and sensitivity. And and I, I love that she's coming on the show because I am a highly sensitive empath. And here's the thing, before you know who you are, you think you're crazy. You're kind of told, you know, you're, you're overly sensitive too much. Why are you reacting this way? And I never really understood why I couldn't watch scary movies or why I would cry when I would see people reuniting in the airport, why I was the only one running after the lunch lady when the bully was going after someone. And I'm like, why is this affecting me so much? And everyone else seems to be okay. I, I have a feeling you're going to have a lot, of, a lot of answers to that and so much more by the time we're done. So welcome, Linda. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure to be here. Uh, uh, we're excited to have you. So let's just first talk about that. What, what does it mean to be highly sensitive and, and what's that all about? <laughs> well, it's something we didn't even really know about, I think, until about maybe 15 years ago, where Dr. Elaine Aaron uh, literally wrote the book on uh, called The Highly Sensitive Person, and it's based on her research. Um, and it's something that is, it is a trait. It applies to approximately 20% of the population. Um, it's also defined as sensory intelligence. Um, basically, what it means is that um, as a highly sensitive person, our brains and nervous systems are kind of wired differently. And so we experience the world in a different way. Um, and Elaine Aaron came up with four main points um, to describe that. The first is depth of processing, because we experience so much more than the majority of people. And we think think about it deeply, we feel it deeply. As you said, um, that you were the one who was affected when you saw somebody else being bullied. It affects you much more deeply because of that depth of processing. So it's, and, and add the empath piece into that as well. And that means you don't just notice somebody else's pain, but you feel it as well, it becomes yours. Um, the second one is, is overstimulation. We have a tendency to become overstimulated, going into sensory overload. And that is because we're bombarded by so much more energy um, experiences. And because we feel things so much more deeply, that can become very overwhelming if you don't know how to handle it. Um, and the other point she, she makes is that we can go into emotional overwhelm very easily, which makes sense because if you're experiencing other people's emotional pain and other people's emotions. So you could go into a, a meeting, for example, with a group of people and somebody is very upset or angry. They may not be displaying that, but they're feeling it. 
and you would feel that too. If, and it, sometimes it feels like it's yours. And so if you imagine being around a lot of people and all of that energy and emotion, you can understand why it's possible to go into emotional overwhelm. And the other point is that we tend to notice subtleties, um, just tiny little things. It could be a facial expression. It could be um, energy in an environment. So you walk in somewhere, you get an immediate sense of uh, this doesn't feel quite right. And other people may not pick up on that. Um, you might smell something way before somebody else does or something feels much more intense to you. Uh, you might hear things, uh, hear sounds that other people perhaps aren't picking up on. So all of those things um, add to this kind of emotional uh, and sensory uh, experience that 80% of the population doesn't really know anything about. And so... So they don't know how to how to uh, really interact or understand what a highly sensitive person is going through. But basically, it is a trait, and you you probably know you have it if somebody at any time in your life has ever said to you, "You're just too sensitive," you know, you think too much, or things like that. Mm. I love this, and I can just imagine my listeners and and viewers shaking their head, nodding in agreement, saying, "Oh my gosh, that's so me! I have every one of these things," and and I explain it very simply as almost like most people have kind of bubble wrap around them and things don't penetrate the same way. And that, uh, that highly sensitive person doesn't have that bubble wrap. So everything just penetrates right through. What's the difference though, between an empath and a highly sensitive person? Like can some people just be one and not the other? Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, So an empath, so being highly sensitive means you pick up on all these things. So you would be, um, you could be aware that somebody's um, upset or something's going on. But being an empath, it's more like you absorb that energy, kind of like a sponge. And so it, if you're not careful, it can become yours. You can take away the pain from somebody else. That's why toxic people very often are drawn to empaths because mm-hmm you know, a toxic person comes along, I take on their energy. Now I'm feeling terrible. They're feeling great because they've just kind of passed it on to me. So as an empath, I can absorb that. Um, And that can be very tricky if you don't recognize that that's happening, you know, because then you think it's yours. Right. So we're feeling it. So if you're a highly sensitive person, you're feeling it deeply or you're, you're very aware of it. And it's the empath who's absorbing it as, as if it's their own, which is sort of like a, a, a double, a double whammy there. So is yes. this a, a, like a, I, cause I could see people looking at this as it's a mental health problem. I personally right. look at it as a gift, which is how I like yes. to look at a lot of things, but explain why, why people may think that. And, and what's your, you know, what's your understanding of it? Yes. People do tend to jump to that conclusion and understandably so, but Um, So high sensitivity is a trait, and it means that you have all of this going on, but you function, you you can function pretty well. When it becomes a disorder, so the the technical term for it is sensory processing sensitivity, and then there's sensory processing disorder. So when you have a disorder, it means, yes, you are highly sensitive, but it's so overwhelming that you can't function. 
So just simply being highly sensitive, I think of it as a trait, you know, just like you could be an introvert or an extrovert or a type A personality. It, it, it's really a trait. It, it doesn't become um, a disorder unless it's so intense that you can't function. And mm -hmm. that's when uh, you would need some mental health uh, expertise. But uh, just having the trait of high sensitivity, definitely not a disorder. It, it really is a gift. When you learn how to use it and when you learn how to understand it for yourself and what it means to you. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, let's talk about just the, the introverts and the extroverts. And, and like personally, I can speak on a stage to 1,000, 2,000 people, but I'm still incredibly sensitive and an empath. So the introvert, extrovert really has little to do with the highly sensitive empath or, or can, like, can, you, can you have any kind of combination of all of those? Yes, I think you can. Um, Elena says that um, intro, uh, highly sensitive people, 70% of them tend to be introverts and 30% are extroverts. Um, I am an introvert, but I have learned, once I learned about my, this trait and how to really manage it effectively, um, it enables me to tap into my extrovert tendencies when I need to. So as an introvert, you know, one of the, the, things that terrified me the most was getting up on stage and talking in front of a group of people. I, I now do that regularly because I can, I, I can tap into that aspect of myself. So the real difference is that introverts like to be alone. We don't like to be around big crowds of people. Um, you know, that can exhaust us. Mm -hmm. Extroverts love being around people. They love being out there in front of people, talking to people, but um, the highly sensitive extroverts also need that downtime. They, they love to be around people, but they also need to have some time on their own, some quiet time to re-energize and to regroup. But they do get a lot of energy from being around people. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it, it is possible to, to be both. And I think, you know, the, the extroverts I know all t tell me how that they, they need to tap into their introvert tendencies from mm. time to time. So I think we, we do have both. Yeah, so that's really interesting because because it's so true. I, I'm I'm remembering so many instances where uh, I love people and being with people, but I feel like my battery gets drained so quickly, yes. and 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 I need to absolutely uh, recharge. Like I remember, I mean, you know, back in the days where everybody used to go to uh, meetings, events, and conferences, yes. and there would be people who would show up so early and be there all day, and then you'd find them in the bar at night. And, and I imagine those are those extroverts who thrive with that type of energy where, you know, someone who's a little bit more introverted, uh, that amount of energy with that consistency, you know, th th those amount of hours can be so completely exhausting. It, it can be. And I, whenever I used to go to conferences before I understood all of this, I used to come away with intense headaches Mm. Um, and what I've learned to do now is like I can go to those things. I can be around a lot of people, but I have to I have to take care of my energy before I go. So I make sure I have downtime before I go, so that my energy is is set before mm -hmm. I go. And then while I'm there, if I feel that I need to, I might need to take a five minute break, maybe just walk outside or do something like that, just kind of to get to let go of that sensory overload for a minute. 
now I've learned that I just tell people that, you know, I, I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed right now. I'm just going to take a five minute break and I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, yeah, OK, that's great. You know, so um, I've learned how to take care of myself. And then if I've been to something like that, I make sure that the next day I don't schedule anything for myself so wow. that I can really regroup. And, and that's how I am able to make the most of my energy and be the most effective that I can be uh, by understanding that. I, I hope all of my highly sensitive listeners and, and viewers right now are, are taking that in because, you know, it's so interesting you're saying this. I, I can see how beneficial that is mm. and how many times I've been in that experience and I'm like, but I'm only here for the day. I need to just be with everybody and get as much out of it as I can. And then I would like take the first flight home and dive right back into work, which absolutely never worked. It was only the guilt of being away and trying to manage it all. So what you're saying is it really, you know, it is, it's managing your energy, knowing that you're going to get drained and depleted. So sort of save up a little bit beforehand, prepare yourself, uh, take that break when you need to and take the next day. To, yes, to absolutely. And before I understood this, I used to go and try to force myself to be there and try to do what everybody else did and be with everybody else all the time. And then, you know, they wanted to go to the bar afterwards. And I felt if I said, no, I, you know, I'm a party pooper. And, you know, they think I was, there was something wrong with me. And so I did used to force myself to do those things. And I paid the price for it very heavily. Um, I would just get exhausted, burned out, and I would suffer, you know, headaches or something like that, something physically. Um, but pe- what I've learned is that when, when I know what I need and I learn to ask for what I need or tell people this is what I need, people are fine with it. Then they know how to be with me. Now, then they know how to understand what's going on for me. And it just it works for me. It helps them. It's, you know, trying to deny it never works. And can you be highly sensitive and change? Like, let's say, let's say someone says, you know what, this is just way too big of of a burden and I don't want to be this way anymore. Is it the kind of thing you can change out of? No, it isn't. You are this way. It's a trait. It's, It's something you're born with. And Um, I I know many, many people who say, I don't want to be this way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I used to, when I first understood it, I I did used to see it as something that needed to be fixed, Mm -hmm. you know, something I had to fix myself. Um, But it's not about learning to fix yourself. It's learning how to manage it. And now, now I know how to manage it. And I pay attention to my energy all the time. I love being highly sensitive. I would not want to be any other way because I just, it enables you to, to tap into the advantages of it, the gifts of it, you know, because we see things, experience things, feel things that other people don't. And that now I think, oh my gosh, I, I wouldn't want to be without that ability. Um, it, it's just, yeah, so it's, it's learning how to manage it. You can't get rid of it. You can't change it but you can experience the benefits if you manage it. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of those, some of those benefits. What are like, what are some benefits that you notice because of it? What is someone who's like, who only sees it as a pain and a burden? If if they were to, if you were to sell them on the idea that, listen, this is who you are (laughs) and here's why it's so wonderful. What would you say? Well, 
I love that I notice so many more things than other people. Um, I love, uh, particularly in the work that I do with coaching people and working with people, it allows me to tap into, I don't want to say intuition, it is intuition, but I pick up on things that other people are always asking me, how do you know that? How did you know to ask that? You know, how did, how did you see that? And I can't tell them how I know or how I knew to ask that particular question. It was just obvious to me. And I, I just, I, I absolutely love that. Um, that I, I can, I can, when I'm talking to somebody, I can kind of hear what's not being said or mm -hmm. feel what's not being said. Um, just that ability to feel things so deeply and to see things because we have this depth of processing we see things from all angles, I think. I mean, yes, it can be a nuisance because sometimes I'm overthinking and going through these mental gymnastics mm -hmm. and I have to learn to train my brain to not go into overload. But it also is a great benefit because I can see things from so many different angles and um, talk through things on so many different levels. It, it just, I think it offers a much richer life experience, I think, if yeah. I had to sum it up. It's like the, the colors are turned up. So, so yes. here's where it may present an additional challenge because the show is from Betrayal to Breakthrough and my listeners and viewers are struggling to heal from a betrayal. So now take something that's devastatingly painful, you know, anyway, and now throw a highly sensitive empath into the situation. What's going on there? How does that make it so much harder to manage? Well, it does because not only because we feel things much more deeply. So our experience is about 10 times, you know, what somebody else's might be, but think of growing up where you're made to feel wrong for being who you are. And that is a deep, deep betrayal because you, you know, your family, these are the people who bring you into the world who are supposed to love you. And now they're telling you there's something wrong with you and they're making you feel badly for being who you are for doing things that come naturally to you um now i i would not have a while ago i would not have thought of myself as having been betrayed but now when i think about it i i know i was i had to shut myself down i learned how to shut myself down and, and basically become as invisible as i could just to get through my childhood really mm -hmm. um and you know, when you are not accepted, you think about it, even if it's not a, a really big experience, like you weren't, you know, really badly mistreated or something like that. Just, you know, every time I was ignored or every time my, what I had to say was dismissed or I was told that what I thought didn't matter or I, that I was too sensitive or there's something wrong with me. Think of it as like little it's chipping away at your, your essence, your soul, who you really are, little by little. And that is, it all adds up to, to deep betrayal. And it takes a long time. It takes a lot of inner work to, to get beyond that. And that is the experience of many, many highly sensitive people. And then also, if they had that experience growing up, very often they have the same experience in adulthood because they go to work um, they're around people who don't understand them. You know, when everyone is looking at you like, what are you talking about? You know, 
if I'm saying I can see something or I can see a potential for something and nobody else can see it, mm-hmm. then obviously I'm the one who's wrong, mm-hmm. right? So it's, um, there is a deep, deep feeling of, of betrayal and feeling like you're not good enough and you don't have any place in the world. And that is the experience of many highly sensitive people. You know, I'm so glad you're saying that. And it's so true because if you're being told you know, what's the matter with you? Why are you, why are you acting like this? What's the big deal? I'm sure so many highly sensitives are, are hearing, you know, have been hearing that for decades or what's the big deal. It's not a big, it's not a big deal. And, and so, yeah, I guess the takeaway from that is it must be me. It's got to be me. And, and it is, but in, in a beautiful way, when we can finally learn uh, learn more about it. That's really, you know, that's really interesting. And and yes, you know, when we think about betrayal, it is a betrayal because here we are expecting to be heard and understood and valued and appreciated by the people that, you know, that give us a sense of safety and security. And when we don't feel that because we're being told we're bad or wrong or should change or get over it or whatever it is, it's, it's a lot to manage, especially if we don't understand it. I love that you brought that up. How do we know if we're highly sensitive? Well, I think if you, certain things like, well, one, if you've been told you're too sensitive, people mm-hmm. will say that to you. If you, and it's not always about being overly emotional. Um, now, there are certain things that make me emotional. For example, anything to do with animals. You know, I just don't see them on TV, just even if they're doing something fun. And I just, I have this deep uh, sense of emotion, you know, and that can make me cry, which seems silly. But, um, and yet I can see something else that other people might think of as emotional and that doesn't really affect me. So it's not necessarily that we're crying all the time or anything like that. <laughs> But if you feel overwhelmed by things like um, certain noises bother you. So there are certain noises that drive me crazy. And it's usually um, sort of motorized things like leaf blowers or one of the mm. things that drive <laughs> me crazy. And it's not just an irritation. It's that I feel it in my body. Um, smells, if you're very, very sensitive to smells. I can smell somebody smoking, I swear, a mile away, you know, and I'm, I'm the one going, somebody's smoking, somebody's smoking, you know. Um, or if you're just, just feel very overwhelmed in a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ever find that you get into this sense, state of overwhelm, or if you overthink, if you find that you're thinking all the time, and it's really hard to, to shut the mind down. Um, those are kind of clues that um, you're, you're probably highly sensitive. And of course, there are degrees of it. Um, but those are some of the most common things. That you're right. And I remember, I remember reading, I don't remember where it was, where there's a pretty high link between uh, highly sensitive people, and, and maybe it was empaths, I'm not sure, and addiction. And, and that makes so much sense because when you're having such a so much sensory overload or you can't stop thinking and you can't escape yourself in these deep emotions that you're feeling you could see where you'd look for some of course temporary relief that's not helping anything through whether whether it's food or alcohol or numbing yourself in some way have you found that Mm -hmm. to be the case as well <clears throat> it is. In fact, I, I did an interview recently um, on a, a, sh- a podcast that was about addiction. 
and we talked about the link between high sensitivity and addiction. And it is because people are trying to numb what they're feeling when you don't know how to deal with it. And when you think it's just wrong and you want to be like everybody else and why can't I be like everybody else? Why do I have to be this way? Um, you'll, you get to a point sometimes where you'll do anything to try and get it to stop, um, which is completely understandable. Um, for me, and I, I never thought of myself as addicted, but I was addicted to work, you know, mm -hmm. so addiction can be many things. I found that I had to be doing all the time, but even doing is a way of avoiding what you're feeling, mm -hmm. you know, so you can channel your energy into, I must get things done. I must get things done. Um, it's a way of avoiding what you're really feeling. Right. So, okay. So I can imagine somebody just listening to this, watching this saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea. From this moment, I, I just, um, this moment on, I realized I am a highly sensitive person. I need to kind of redo how I move through my day, how I, how, who I, wh who I speak with, how I spend my time, where I go, what I do. What would be, uh, what would be sort of a, a first step game plan? For, for the person who hears this saying, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the first step is to recognize and acknowledge to yourself that this is not a problem that needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. So there's not something wrong with you. Um, you know, in fact, now when people say to me, oh, you, you know, you're too sensitive. I say, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment, you know. Um, so it's, it's first, I think, being open to the possibility, I'll say, because sometimes, you know, it's, it's not easy to just say, oh, well, I thought there was something wrong with me all my life. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to accept that there isn't. But perhaps be open to the possibility that it, there is no, nothing wrong with you and that it is actually, once you learn what to do with it, it can be of great benefit to you. So I think that's the first step is being open to that possibility that, far from being something wrong with you, you're just, it's just simply a trait that you can use to your advantage. Okay. I think it's a superpower, but that's just, it me. is. <laughs> what do you it want is. to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the first thing is stop comparing yourself to other people. One of the things about I love about being highly sensitive is that, and the more I work with highly sensitive people, is that we are all very unique. And where we get into real problems is when we're trying to be like other people, compare ourselves to other people, or force ourselves to fit in in some way. So if you can recognize that, okay, I am not like anybody else. So I'm going to start paying attention to who I am, how I feel, accepting how I feel, and learning what to do with that rather than thinking I should be any other way. That's a that's the starting point, really, because when you start there, then then you can do something with it. You know, yeah. is that acceptance really? Beautiful. So it's it's really if there's if you are the highly sensitive person listening, watching this, if you know someone, apologize for all the times you criticize them saying they were too sensitive. And, uh, and it's a great, a wonderful place to start that it's a, uh, it's a trait and it's a beautiful trait and we can see the unseen and, and feel what's not being said and hear what's not 
what's not being said. And, and it really could be a wonderful gift if we know how to manage it. So Linda, where do we go to learn more about you? Um, the best way to learn more about me is to go to my website, which is lindabins.com. Um, and um, you can connect with me there. Um, and just really, um, yeah, reach out to me. I would love, I always love talking to other highly sensitive people and hearing of their experiences. Um, so do get in touch. I would love that. Beautiful. Yeah, we feel like we landed on the same planet. It's like, oh, my people. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's one thing highly sensitive people say, you know, it's a revelation and it's so empowering to them when they meet other people that they can talk honestly with who understand them. Right. And, and like anything, you know, we want to know that we're not crazy. We want to know that we're not alone. Yes. So Linda, thank yes. you for the work you do in letting everyone uh, who is highly sensitive know that it's not like here's a solution to fix it, but here's a right. way to best manage it. So you can just live authentically and, and in a way that works well for the beautiful trait that you have. So I want to thank you so much for your time, for your, for sharing your wisdom with us. I know we, I know the, the community got so much out of it today. Thank you thank so much. Thank you for the opportunity, Debbie. Thank you. I hope you got lots of value from that conversation with Linda. It's so helpful to know who you are so you can learn to manage your energy, ask for what you want, and take care of yourself in the way that you need. Stay in touch with Linda by going to lindabins.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway coming from Elaine Aaron's work, The Highly Sensitive Person. 20% of us are highly sensitive and that means four things. One, depth of processing. A highly sensitive person processes things more deeply. Two, overstimulation and sensory overload. It's easier for a highly sensitive person to quickly become overstimulated by crowds, the energy in a room, compared with others who aren't highly sensitive. Three, emotional overwhelm. Because of the level of intensity, highly sensitive people feel things, it's very common to become emotionally overwhelmed quickly. Four, they notice subtleties, facial expressions, energy that quickly is quickly picked up and felt by the sensitive person. See, there's nothing wrong with you if you're highly sensitive. It's a trait. Personally, I believe it's a superpower. <laughs> Being sensitive can also lead to lots of stress and lots of symptoms, especially if you're not aware that you're sensitive. Now you're also getting angry at yourself for being so sensitive. All of that takes a toll. So take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, which you can find at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, and emotional best. I'm talking about community and support and certified coaches and practitioners you could schedule time with. Daily live classes on all kinds of interesting topics. Curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health and mindset and spirituality and personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. There is nothing like this that exists, and I'm excited to welcome you. Just go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. And like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And of course, if you know of someone struggling to heal from betrayal, be sure and tell them about it. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.